So open our Bibles to um, Isaiah chapter 42 verse. Isaiah 43, chapter verse 18. Spirit of the Lord, thank you so much for your wonderful presence here. Abba, we sang that uh, your presence is heaven to us, and we mean it, O oh God. Your presence is heaven to us, O oh God. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your wonderful presence. And, O oh God, thank you that you're going to open up the word for us, O oh God, and we are ready for it. I pray that, I pray that we are ready, O oh God. Fill us and, op- and, and speak to us, O oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um. Two weeks ago, Jacob started, uh, started to talk to us from Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18, 19. He said, for, that, for our church, especially for Acts 29, uh, God is doing a new thing. That's what he said. I don't know if you remember. Uh, it's a new thing. God started to do new thing in the church. Um, and then he started to read from Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18, 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. And then last week he started, uh, he talked to us about um, uh, uh, heal the land, healing the land. And then he said, uh, God is so merciful. And then out of his mercy, out of his mercy, we start to, he- we start to go and then heal the land. That's what, that's what he said. And then one, one sentence that I can uh, mm, grab from that one is, I really, really loved uh, this one. He said, he gives us this land by pouring out his mercy. And his dominant way of pouring out mercy in this land through you will be through the physical healing. And that's what we did the last week. And I know some of, the, uh, some of us, when some of uh, us were sick, I know uh, some, of pe- some people from church, they went and then they laid their hands, they stretched their hands, and then they pr- prayed for the, for the healing, and then God did amazing things. And today I feel like we're going to do one more thing. What we're going to do is, if you are sick here, if you, if you feel sick, I want, you to, I want all of us to pray for them. Okay, because his presence is here, and then whatever we have learned, we start to live into that. And then the church started to live uh, in that teaching, and then today we're going to practice it one more time. We can always ask God for healing. We can always go- ask God for his presence. We can always ask God to do uh, uh, things in, his, in our life because he has done it, he has finished it. Okay, so if, you f- if you're sick and if you need healing, and then also, if you're afraid of food allergies for, your, for the festival season, uh, let's pray for them. Yeah, uh, you can raise your hand or you can stand up and then we're going to pray for you.
Hallelujah. People who are close to them, stretch your hands or, or lay hands on them and then pray. I'm not going to pray. We're going to pray as a body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to read a couple of verses, but please uh, pray and then speak to them. Ask Holy Spirit how, you, how he wants you to pray for them. Because this is the body. We come as a one body together and his, pre- his presence, his presence is heaven to us. Start praying. I'm just reading a couple of verses about, uh, for healing. For I am the Lord who heals you. Exodus chapter 15 verse 26. Psalms 147 verse 2 says, He heals the brokenhearted and bondages, uh, he, ba- he bandages their wounds. Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 22 says, My children, says the Lord, come back to me. I will heal you and I will heal your hearts. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 14 says, Oh Lord, if you heal me, I will be truly healed. If you save me, I will be truly saved. My praises are for you alone, O oh God. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 24 says, He personally carried our sins in his body and on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. But his wounds by his wounds we are healed. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5. And these are the, some of the verses that, I can, that, that are from the scripture. And then we are quoting the scriptures because these, wo- these words are alive and true today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pray, pray for them. Pray for them. Thank you, O oh God. Thank you, O oh God. Thank you so much that you have given us the authority. Thank you so much that you, you have done it. You have finished it, O oh God. Thank you, Abba. Thank you, O oh God. Hallelujah. We speak healing because this is your presence. Out of your mercy, out of your mercy, you heal us, O oh God. Out of your mercy, we speak healing into this. Thank you so much that your presence is so real and your word is still active and alive today in our lives. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we speak healing. Amen. 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 All right, so today we're going to look at, it's so interesting, God called Abraham, and God gave promise to Abraham, and then he gave the promise he gave, uh, the promise God gave to Abraham is, I will bless you, I will bless your descendants, and then nations will come out of you, and then your nations will fill the earth, and then you, you can count the stars, but you may not be able to count your, your descendants, and such a wonderful blessing, and Abraham was not, uh, he didn't have any son or any children at the time. And then God gave only son, one son to him, Isaac. And then, and then God blessed Isaac. And then the blessing that God gave to Isaac is the same blessing that God gave to uh, Abraham. In fact, that's why he said, I am the God of 
I'm the, I am the God of your father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. One day I was, uh, I was, a, I was at a meeting and then there were, we were having breakfast and then one guy, he sat next to me and then he asked me, so I see you, uh, you look like from different country. I said, of course. Then he said, how did you become Christian? Then I started to share. Then I said, I said, okay, so if you want to listen to my story, you need to listen to my dad's story, my parents' story. Then I, then I started to share my, my dad's story, how God called him, and then how he moved, how, how he left his village, uh, his work, and then went to this village called Nandigama. Then as I started to sh share, he stopped me right there, and then he said, he said, I asked your testimony, and then your story has a beginning from your dad's story. And this is so, so, so interesting, because that's what the Bible says. Because Isaac's story, the beginning of Isaac's story is in Abraham. And the beginning of Jacob's story in, is in Isaac and then, and then Abraham. God, our, God is a, our God is a God of generations. Our God is a God of generations. So when God called Abraham, he, ca he called him and then he said, I will bless you and out of you, your descendants will conquer, your descendants will fill the whole earth. And then God came to Isaac and then God blessed the same blessing to Isaac. And then God gave Isaac two sons. Who are they? Jacob and Esau. Okay, so that, then, uh, then God blessed uh, uh, Jacob too. And then after Jacob, Jacob got 12 sons. And then we know one of our favorite, favorite uh, uh, hero, he's Joseph. And then Joseph went to uh, Egypt. And then after many years, then, then, Joseph, uh, then Jacob had to go to uh, Joseph to Egypt because there was famine. And then he, he met his son. And then before he left, the last thing that Jacob did, it's amazing what he did. Let's read John, uh, Genesis chapter 48. And today that's what we're going to learn um, um, uh, from the scripture. Genesis chapter 48. I'm reading a couple of verses from uh, verse 1. <clears throat> Sometime later, Joseph was told, your father is ill. So he took his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, along with him. When Jacob was told, your son Joseph has come to you, Israel rallied his strength. He gathered his strength and sat up on the bed. Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan. And there he blessed me and said to me, I am going to make you fruitful and increase your numbers. I will make you a community of peoples. I will make you a community of peoples. And I will give this land as an everlasting possession to your descendants after you. Look at the blessing, look at the, look at the blessing that uh, God uh, gave to Jacob. Jacob. Through Isaac, uh, 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 through Abraham, he only got one son, Isaac. But from Isaac, he got, uh, Isaac got two sons, and then uh, Jacob, and then God selected Jacob. And then through Jacob, God gave 12 sons. And then he started to talk about the communities. Because each son is called as a tribes. And then in this chapter, something happened. And then verse 20, uh, verse 20. 
The verse 20, the last verse of the 20, he says, he put Ephraim ahead of Manasseh. He put, he put Ephraim ahead of Manasseh. So Joseph, he, he has two sons. The first son's name is Manasseh, and the second son's name is Ephraim, okay? Now follow me the story. So Manasseh, the Manasseh, the first name means forget. Because, because Joseph had such a terrible life, such a difficult life, and then when he got his first son, Joseph said to, uh, Joseph told that, okay, now God has blessed me with this boy, and then now this is a symbol, this is a symbol that I, I want to forget everything that I have experienced. So he named him Manasseh. And then the second son, when he got second son, he named the second son as Ephraim. And then Ephraim means, okay, now God bless me. Now I'm fruitful in this land. When, this is the last thing that Jacob did. So when Joseph brought his two sons in front of Jacob, Jacob, he rallied up his strength and then he sat on the bed and then he started to talk to uh, Joseph about the promise that God has, God has given to him. And then he said, okay, now bring me your two sons. I want to bless them. When, when Joseph brought his two sons, he put his first son, Manasseh, on, his, on Jacob's right hand. And then on the left side, uh, he put Ephraim. But Jacob, but Jacob, who knows the promise of God, but Jacob, instead of placing two hands on their children and started to bless them, instead of doing that, he crossed his arms and then blessed them. And then he put Ephraim, the second son, as the first one. And that's what, that's what, uh, uh, that's, that's amazing thing that, that happened here. J when Jacob crossed his two hands, Joseph said, Joseph was displeased by it. And then Joseph tried to take out his hands and then set the order right. But, but Jacob said, no, my son, I know what I'm doing. And this is what the Lord wants to do to you. And today, this is a prophetic sermon that the first son's name is Forget. In fact, God started to talk to Acts 29 saying, forget the former things. I am doing a new thing. And today, God is, God is, doing, uh, God is telling to this church for us that he is shifting. He is crossing his arms for us. And then he is putting Ephraim in front of Manasseh. So what's the meaning of Ephraim? Pardon? A little louder. Fruitful. Yeah, fruitful. What's the meaning of uh, Manasseh? Forget. So he is replacing, he's crossing his arms doing that. Why? Why does he have to do it? That's the beauty. That's the beauty of God. He has been doing that for, since the beginning of the creation. He has been crossing his arms since the beginning of the creation. He has been doing that since the beginning of the creation. And if you want a living testimony, I am a living testimony. And if you want a living testimony, you are the living testimony who are sitting here. Because at some point, God crossed his arms. Instead of pain, instead of death, he has given you everlasting life. You are the living testimony of him crossing his hands. It's been happening from the beginning. 
And every time when I look at my life, every time when I, when I want to get up and then share a story uh, that happened in my life, or every day if I look at my life, it's been happening. God is blessing me. God is putting us, putting, God is bringing us, bringing his blessing, bringing his fruitfulness upon us even before we want to, even before we want to forget whatever, forget our past. He is crossing his hands. He is crossing his hands. He is crossing his arms. He is crossing his arms. And the church, and the church, church, that's what the church needs to learn. And that's what we do. That's, what, that's how, that's why Christ has, Christ has, uh, uh, Christ, Christ, that's what Christ wants us to do in this world. The greatest crossing that ever has happened is on the cross. The greatest cross, that's, the, that's, the, that's an amazing thing that happened on the cross. And through that we are all living. Through that we are all living. That happened to me. That happened to you. That happened to all of us. That he has crossed his arms and then he said, I will bless you. I will bless you. I will take you. I will accept you. I will bless you. I know you have rough past, but even before you deal with that, I will bless you. Let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Second Corinthians chapter five verse sixteen. Can someone read it for me? Verse sixteen to twenty one. Yeah, keep going till 21. Look, look, at, look at these words, all 18, verse 18, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. For us to, 
first a new thing to happen, the, f the thing that needs to be finished, the thing that needs to be go behind is forgetting. And the Bible says on the cross, God reconciled the world, the God reconciled you and me together on the cross. He reconciled it to us. And then he said, the beautiful thing, he said, the one thing that, one thing that we have to learn, one thing even I have to learn at some point in my life, and then that helped me a lot. And then, in fact, this church helped me a lot, is to understand what Christ has finished on the cross. Sometimes, even though we accept Christ, even though we ask for forgiveness, and we think that because of whatever we have done in the past, and that is reflecting, and because of that, now these things are happening. But in fact, that's not what the scripture says. The scripture says that, verse 19, God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. That's what, that's what when we were worshiping, that's what uh, the word, word of God came to us. That when we accept Christ, when we say, I, when we say you are the Lord, when, when we ask him for forgiveness, and the Bible says on the, on the cross, whatever, whatever our ledger, whatever the sins that, that, were, that were on our account, the Bible says he has reconciled it, and there is no effect of this in our life, because we are completely redeemed, we are completely freed from it. And that's what the new thing, the new thing, the beginning of the new thing, the beginning of the new thing that God wants to do in our lives is to forget the past things. And when you push, when you push, that's, that's what Jacob did. Jacob, he came up and then he said, you know what, this, the, I'm doing a new thing here. And then I want to bring, bring Ephraim in front of Manasseh. Start forgetting the past things. Because God has dealt with it. God has dealt with it, with it on the cross forever, forever. And today the families, are, the families and the children and the, and the society and the world is broken is because the, we keep making an account. We, keep, keep, we are keeping an account and then we think that, okay, I have asked forgiveness on this one. And then that's why this one I have not asked. And then because of this, this is the effect. But God says, my son, you are completely free. I have emptied your account. I have, I have erased all of your sins. And there is no, there is no trace of it. There is no trace because he has completely set free. Set us free. That's the, that's the beauty that what Christ has done. In the Garden of Eden, every day when God did something, he said, it is good, it is good, it is good. But on the cross, he said, it is finished because he has finished once and for all. That's it. I was reading uh, Revelation. Revelations last night, and then one of the beauty, the beauty that I really, really liked in the book of Revelation is Revelation. The Bible gives us a roadmap. We know the roadmap, uh, uh, the destination. If you want if you, if you're traveling, you know you want to put a destination, and give, it gives you a route map, and the Bible gives you a rough roadmap of where we're gonna end up. What, what we, it gives us the glimpses of what's gonna happen in, in the, what's gonna happen um, uh, in heaven. And in Revelation chapter 18, verse 19, and then 20, 21, 22, it says that the, the, uh, God says one word that's my favorite, and he says, it is done. It's done. Now my people are with me. I am with them. It's done. It's done. It's finished. It's finished. 
It's finished. The farmer thing, it's finished. You have to trust it. That's when we start, that's when, that's when the new thing starts to shift in our lives. And we think that Ephraim means, it means fruitful. But in fact, if you look at the word, it means double portion. It means double fruitfulness. It's a double fruit. Yeah, let's read Isaiah chapter, chapter uh, uh, verse, uh, 40, verse, verse 2. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 2. Yeah. For all the sins, what she has received, the Jerusalem, and you and I, what we receive, we receive double. We receive double. And then let's read Isaiah chapter 61. Sixty-one, chapter sixty-one, verse three. And Amen. That's what, that's what God wants to do. The new thing, the, the new shift that happens, it's a double portion. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will re- rejoice in your inheritance. And you will inherit a double portion in your land. And everlasting joy will be yours. And for that to happen, that is the promise that God has given us. And that is the shift that God wants to make in our lives. And that is the shift that God wants to make, bring in our, in our personal lives and in the church and in the families and in where we work. It's a, it's a shift of shift that he is going to put the, put the double portion. He's going to bring the double portion ahead of, the forget, ahead of this. So for that to happen, former things. We need to forget the former things. And we need to trust that God is calling us to, that he is, creating, he is doing a new thing in our life. And it's, it's a part of faith, right? It's a part of step. It's a part of faith step that we need to take. And then how, how can we forget uh, the former things? There is only one way. And that one way is to look at the cross and then believe and see what he has done, what he has finished on the cross. That's a beautiful story. This is a beautiful story of, our, of all our lives together. 
So I pray, I pray that, I pray that that's what Holy Spirit does in our lives. When we, want, when we are ready for, the, for this shift that Holy Spirit wants to bring in our lives, the Holy Spirit will teach us, he will help us, he will convict us, he, he, he never condemns us, but he will convict us what we need to do, what we need to ask for forgiveness, how we can forget all of those stuff and how we can erase everything, everything, and then start a new, new, new beginning. And then say, I am ready, Lord. I am ready for this, for this new, uh, new shift. Joseph was displeased when, 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 Jacob, when Jacob changed his, his hands. Because Joseph's life, that's what he experienced. He experienced such a loneliness because his family, his family left him. He is the only one living in a different country. And then somehow God brought him to the place where he has called. And then his, he named his first son saying, I'm going to forget everything. That is true. That is true. And then at some point in our lives, we need to make a shift. Some point in our lives, we need the shift of moving into a new dimension, moving into, a, moving into being fruitfulness. And that happens, is the, that happens by forgetting the farmer things. And it's a crucial, it's a very crucial for our church. It's a very crucial for everyone's life that we've got to forget the farmer things. What made Jacob to do that? In fact, what should happen in our lives for us to do that? Because the call of the church, Zechariah chapter 8, it says, the call of the church is that he saved us so that we can, we can bless others, we can be a blessing to this world. And the, the whole New Testament, that's, that's what uh, says, you are the light of the world. And then in fact, we know that we carry the presence of God wherever we go. We are the ones who carry the blessing. We are the ones who carry the presence of God to the people. And so that's, if that's our calling, and then if, uh, Jacob, Jacob crossed his hands, arms. And what made Jacob to do that? The first thing, the first thing that helped Jacob to do that is the promise. The promise of God upon his life. For the church and for your personal life, if you start to believe the promise that God has given to you, then you will start to, uh, you will start to be a blessing to people and you will cross, you will start to cross, the, cross your arms to, uh, towards your people, towards the people or towards your friends, towards wherever God is sending you. I'll tell you a beautiful incident that happened to me when I was in Rome. Many of you know. I went to Rome. Uh, one day I was praying to God, and then God told me, even before I went to Rome, God told me, and then I was writing everything that he wants to do uh, in Rome. So one sentence I wrote is, unlock the wealth. So I wrote it down. I wrote it down on my, on my notes. I said, unlock the wealth. So in Rome, uh, one Sunday after the church service, they had a, um, a lunch for all young adults. So uh, people who are below 30, they can go. So I, am, I can go. So I went there. But people who are with me, they couldn't go. So I told them, I told them, I think God has something to do here. Can you guys make your own lunch plans? I want to go there. They said, sure. So I went there and then I went into the room. I, was, uh, I said hi to a couple of people, but everyone knows each other. So they were busy. And then I was at the one corner and then waiting. But I believed that God has something to do here because he gave me the promise. I was waiting. 
And then all of a sudden, I see a man walking there, and uh, he's from Nigeria. So I say, I talked to him. I tried to talk to him. I said, hey, uh, what's your name? And he was so not interested in me, in talking to me. So he didn't even say hi. But I was like, I went to him and then I said, hey, I'm Jeevan, uh, by the way. Uh, I have a friend from Malawi in our church. Then he was like, oh. <laughs> then I said, my name is Jeevan, what's your name? He said, uh, I'm wealth. Wealth. Yeah. I was surprised. I was shocked. I asked him, um, how do you spell your name? He said, how do you normally spell wealth? I said, is it W-E-A-L-T-H? He said, yeah. And I, just, and I know. I know because God has given me the promise. I know I got to do something. I'm praying inside. Lord, somehow open his heart. I was praying inside. I, I tried everything. I said, oh, the food is so cold. He said, oh, yeah. I was trying, somehow trying to talk to him, but he wasn't opening. But one question I asked him, I said, I asked him, Hey, Wealth, uh, you're at church, that means, uh, are you a Christian? If you're a Christian, how did you become Christian? Then he said, my parents are Christians. Uh, I grew up in a Christian family. I'm a Christian. Then I was praying and said, Lord, somehow, somehow help me, Lord. And then, uh, and then he looked at me and then he said, Oh, uh, are you a Christian? How did you become a Christian? And that helped me. Then I opened up and then I was praying inside and then I shared what Christ has done in my life, how Christ loves me and then I shared my story and then he started to look at me, he started to pay attention and he said, he said, this story is powerful, how God can change people's lives. And then immediately I looked at him and then I told him, hey wealth, I want to talk to you, I want to tell you one thing. I said, I was not supposed to be here, but I'm here. Then he looked at me and then he said, what? What did you say? I said, I was not supposed to be here, but I'm here. He said, do you know time traveling? I said, what do you mean? He said, someone spoke to me these words yesterday. I heard loud and clear yesterday. I was not supposed to be here. I am here. I don't know why. Then I told him, well, even before I came here, I was asking God. And then God clearly told me, Unlock the wealth. I want to unlock you. Can I pray? He said, sure. I laid my hands on him. I said, can I pray now? He said, sure. So we both were in the corner. So I laid my hands on him and then I started to pray. I said, in the name of Jesus, I unlock you because this is the promise that God has given to me. You have sent me here. And then I, I started to speak the words that God has given me. And he was weeping, weeping, weeping. And then after, the, after I said, amen. And then he told me, do you know who I am? I said, I don't know. He said, he said, last night he was, in a, he was at a place where he was struggling in his life and there were only two choices for him. One, to do illegal transactions. Two, to go into porn industry and make money because he was struggling. And then he said, this is the last time I'm going to be at the church. And then he said, I'm 35. I was not supposed to be here as well. But today, I don't understand how God can send someone from a different country to unlock me, to pray for me. Then I started to explain him. I started to explain how God loves. I said, even if I don't come, God can use a donkey. But uh, I, I explained him how much God loves uh, him. And then he was weeping. And then we prayed. And then, and then I felt like I should leave. And then I said, I'm done. I'm going. And then I left. 
And then the next day, um, the people who are waiting for me, they went to the same church the next day, next Sunday. And then they sent a photograph of him uh, sharing his testimony in the church. It's, it's, it's beautiful what God can do. That's the calling of our church. That's the calling of us. We need to cross our arms because we know how much God loves. We know how he has crossed his arms for us. And the beginning of that is to trust the promise that God has given to you. Trust that the word that God has given to you and trust him. That's what Jacob did. Jacob said, God has, God has, uh, God has gave me, he has given me a promise in the loose. He said, he said, I will make you a community of the peoples. Abraham got only one son, promised son. And then Isaac got only one promised son, Jacob. But from Jacob onwards, it's a community of community, community of people. 12 tribes and then God started to bring more. And then in fact, in fact, what Jacob did by doing crossing the arms, he took two of his grandsons and then he made them as his sons. And then made them into, into one layer, one level of communities. And then he said, I will treat them as I treat my first son and second son because they belong to this community because I take them as my sons and daughters. And that's what God does. And that's the calling of the church. That if we understand, if we, if we understand what Christ has completed on the cross, the world is in agony. That's what, that's what Paul writes. He wrote like 2,000 years ago, and it is even true today that the world is in agony. The world in his agony for, his, for the sons and daughters of Christ to, to be revealed to them. And God wants to reveal himself through the church, through you and me. And all we got to do is trust his promise and step out and then stretch your arm and cross your arm. Instead of, instead of, instead of pointing out, instead of helping them to change, instead of, instead of judging, all we got to do is stretch our hand of blessing and then release the blessing. God will take care of the rest of the stuff. That's what the first thing that helped uh, uh, Jacob. He knows the promise. He remembered the promise. He wants to live through the promise. The second one. Accepting the people, taking the responsibility, taking, taking the responsibility and accepting them. As I said, Jacob, even though they are two grandchildren, but he took them. And then he made them the communities. He made them as, as his sons. Let's read that verse. Genesis 48. Verse 5. Can someone help me? Yeah. Just as Reuben and Simeon are mine. 
your sons will be mine. Jacob, he doesn't have to do this because he's already old at the time. And the Bible says he couldn't even see properly. But when he heard that Joseph is coming, the Bible says he gathered his strength. He gathered his strength and then he sat on the body, on the, on the bed. Even though he couldn't see, he wanted to go and then he wanted to set this right. He took the responsibility. He, 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 out of the love, out of the, out of the love for his family, out of the love for God. Or, because if you read all the promises that he has released afterwards, and then at the end of the chapter, Jacob dies. Jacob goes uh, to be with the Lord, and 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 even at that moment, he gathers his strength, and then he takes up this responsibility, and then he accepts them, and then brings them into the into the into his body, into his family, and then says, "This is what God is going to do. He's going to." create communities of people and today today that's 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 what uh, the church uh, uh, that that helped Jacob and then that should help us too that taking the responsibility taking taking uh, taking this responsibility out of love for Christ out of love for Christ, gathering all the strengths, gathering all the talents, gathering all the time, gathering everything, and then stepping out, and then start, start releasing the blessing, because we know what Christ has done, and we know why Christ is calling us. By doing that, if church does this, if the church does crossing arms, imagine how someone did that to me many, many days ago. When I was struggling in my life, someone came to me and then they helped me. They stretched their hand upon me. And then they started to accept me as I was. And that set me free. And if as a body together, if we start to do this to the world, the order, if we start to, if we start to do this, this, the order that God wants to do, the order that God wants to set in this world will be established. The order that God wants to set in this world will be established. Because Paul writes in Romans, he says that the church is the pillar of the truth. Because through us, God wants to set the order in this world. I want to, I want to finish off by reading one more verse. Let's read Isaiah chapter 51. Isaiah chapter 51, verse 11.
Yeah. So the redeemed of the Lord will return and enter Zion with singing, crowned with unending joy. Joy and gladness will overtake them, and then sorrow and then sighing will, free, will flee. And this is the verse that God gave me when I was praying for this church, that the sorrow and sighing will flee because the joy and gladness will overtake us. The joy and gladness will overtake us in such a way that the sorrow and sighing will flee. Let's pray. I don't know what, what sorrow you're going through. I don't know what sighing you're going through. But God wants to stretch his hand and then fill us with the joy and gladness. He wants to do that in, in you and in me first and then through us next. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that the sorrow, that the sorrow and sighing will flee. In Jesus' name, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much that you want to stretch your hand and you want to cross your arm and you want to put double fruitfulness, Lord. You want to bring double fruitfulness, O oh God. Thank you that the former things are, for, we forget the former things, oh God. Abba, thank you so much, oh God. Thank you so much, oh Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're going to spend some time in prayer because, because, because God is working in, in people's heart to forget the former things. Hallelujah. Thank you, oh God. Restore Abba. Restore us, Abba. Thank you. Help us to forget the former things, oh God. All the sins, everything, Lord, because you have already erased them, Lord. Because we ask for forgiveness, oh God. Thank you, oh God. Let, let's pray, church. Let's pray. God is working in, in people's lives, people's hearts. For once and for all, Lord. Once and for all. We don't want to miss this shift. We don't want to miss this shift, oh God. You want to put Ephraim ahead of Manasseh in our lives, oh God. Thank you. I don't want to miss this shift, oh God. I don't want to miss this shift. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's uh, pray. Pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Thank you, O oh God. Thank you, O oh God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, O oh God. Thank you, O oh God. Thank you, O oh Lord. Thank you. O oh God. Hallelujah. 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 If any, hallelujah. Thank you so much. Yes. Hallelujah.